Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Roto World Basketball Show. Raphael Johnson of NBC Sports and Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports. Join myself, Von Delza. I'm wishing you all happy holidays and hope you all enjoyed your Christmas that was filled with some intriguing matchups in the NBA, to say the least. Raphael's Knicks got the win, breaking the slump mm-hmm. against the Bucks. nine straight losses. And Dan's team, the Sixers, sadly did not have Joel Embiid, who we wanted to see. Uh, he got the victory and had turns back. And for me, guys, I was on the couch wearing a Juventus hat because the Bulls were also on their couches for Christmas because we all deserve coal <laughs> in this household, apparently. Uh, Raphael, you had a pretty good gift, though, for the Knicks. But was that yeah. your favorite gift for Christmas? Um, Yeah, pretty much. I I got an assault bike like in early December. So that's been that's been fun. But yeah, the Knicks victory is always good to get. Um, as you mentioned, nine straight losses to the Bucks. So that streak's over. Got one more game against Milwaukee this season. It's always fun to play an elite team five times in the same year, but nobody else has to do it. But, you know, yeah. Somebody's got to do it. I'd like to see the Knicks start getting a winning streak against the Bucks. Uh Turn the tables on the boys. Mm-hmm. That would be a pretty neat thing. Dan, what was uh, your favorite gift? Because we know it wasn't the Sixers. Uh, and it, it, I definitely feel better than the Detroit Pistons right now. So I guess that there's that. Um, yeah. <laughs> 27 straight. We have a new record. But, um, yeah, man, the holiday was good. I think my my favorite game was was obviously the nightcap with Luka going for 50. Um, yeah, I mean, he just looked outstanding, man. And second person to drop 50 points and 15 assists in a game. So, yeah, I think that that pretty much took the cake for me. Um Sixers, yeah, I think that that was just a letdown spot. Outlier. Joel Embiid's going to be missing Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday's game. So yep. yeah, I think it's just. Uh, I think it's just time for Embiid to start missing a couple of games. I don't think he's ducking everybody, but or anybody, but I think that it's you know much needed rest for a guy that's been playing outstanding in December. Yeah, nuclear is a word I would use to describe Joel Embiid's December. Uh, well over 40 points per game, and he was going off against everybody. Yeah, Mata, they weren't great teams he played for the most part. He still did what he had to, and the Sixers looked amazing. But uh, we'll cover a lot of that. We can start with Philadelphia for a second, if you guys don't mind. And my favorite part of Christmas, by the way, thanks for asking both you guys, um, was <laughs> spending it with my family. Uh, first time I got to see my mom, grandma, and all them uh, in three yeah. years on Christmas. So that was oh, yeah. pretty cool for me. Yeah. Uh, ate a lot of cookies and a lot of hot chocolate. 
<laughs> All right. Um, sticking in Philly. Joel Embiid missed, like we said. He's also out Wednesday. They lost by six to the Heat, but Tyrese Maxey. That's what I want to talk about, Dan. Uh, 12 points on one of eight shooting, one of eight from three. He had four fouls, 44 minutes. Obviously, didn't look like the number one without Embiid. Is that an outlier to you? And what do you make of uh, the fantasy options now with Embiid's injury? Um, yeah, I think it's an outlier. I'm not I'm not overly concerned about Maxi having a bad game. I mean, going up against the Miami team that's notoriously scrappy. Joe, uh, Jimmy Butler didn't play in that game. But I mean, the Jaime Jaquez experience is is something to watch, man. This dude continues to climb up that rookie ladder. I think that was probably my biggest takeaway of that game is that that he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Um, and, you know, I think for Maxi, I think it's more about the supporting cast that kind of held it down for him. So Tobias Harris had his best game in a while. Uh, Kelly Oubre played well, too. The Sixers are still reportedly in the market for another wing. So we'll see what comes of that. But I think that that bad game was just the result of Joel Embiid not playing. So the fact that he's not playing on Wednesday, I think maybe in deeper leagues, you could probably look to add someone like Mo Bamba. Um, he played better than Paul Reed. I don't know that I would add him personally, but I mean, if you're going that deep, you, you definitely have an option there. But I think it's really going to be Kelly Oubre that I'm expecting to step up here. And, you know, he's well over 60% rostered. So, you know, you might be able to find him in a shallow league or something, but um, I, I wouldn't go run into the waiver wires. I think there's better streaming options for a lot of the players that have been ruled out um, just today. Over the last couple of days, it seems like a lot of bodies are falling. So I, I would look elsewhere for streaming purposes. Don't get me started on Mo Bamba, the future Chicago Bull. We talked about uh, that a while me. ago. You want him to get you know into the rotation. Me. Now look what happens. I'm going to backtrack on a couple of statements from weeks ago today, boys, and we're going <laughs> to we're gonna see how they are. Uh, but uh, Jaime Hawkes, 31 points, 10 rebounds, Rafael. He looked good. We already know he's, he's really getting yeah. comfortable with Miami Heat. Uh, what you mm -hmm. make of that game? Yeah, I think that was my biggest takeaway, just how well Hawkes has played. Now they lost Caleb Martin during the first quarter. Uh, with a sprained ankle, and he's doubtful for their next game. I believe they're in action tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, actually, Thursday um, against the Warriors, they start a road trip out there. So even if you get Jimmy Butler back for that one, and I'm not sure they will, no Caleb Martin, I think that really boosts Jaime Jaquez even more uh, in terms of a more reliable fantasy option. And as you said, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. So, yeah, I think Jaime Jaquez, his play has been the biggest – Takeaway for me from that one, um, Duncan Robinson continues to play well. So that's something else to keep keep my, keep an eye on. Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, what more can you really say about them that really needs to be said at this point? So, yeah, I think hockey is be my biggest takeaway from that game. Yeah, the only thing to add about Tyler Hero is I needed eight points in the fourth quarter, bro. Come on, man. Make that Christmas special. Uh, but, yeah, he had a great game with 22 points as well. Uh, I parlayed Jalen Brunson and Tyler Hero, 30 points and twenty uh, 30 points each. Uh, and Brunson was a snow sweat. But, you know, him playing in front of his dad yeah. on Christmas, warming up, a little heartfelt story. He was going to drop buckets, Rafael. You already mm -hmm. knew that. Yeah. Uh, I like both the takeaways there. Let's head out west. Let's go to L.A. and talk about the Lakers. Uh, you know, calling him Point LeBron. Vanderbilt was starting. D'Angelo Russell was coming off the bench now. Uh, he had eight points and six assists, first boss, and about time, Dad says. 35 combined uh, minutes the last two games. Sounds like they're pretty uh, pretty tired of the D'Lo experience as a starter, Dan. So what are we doing now in fantasy? Is this the right move? Obviously, you think so. Yeah, I think at this point, um, I don't know that I'm going to drop him, but he's getting towards that 
territory, mainly because I don't think he's going to return unless there's an injury to the starting lineup. He was already trending inconsistently throughout the last like month. And I think that there's going to be more reports with the Lakers losing five of their last six since the in-season tournament. I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be some chatter about, you know, potentially making some moves. Maybe your boy, Zach Levine, uh, fishes his wish and kind of gets to L.A. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think the D'Lo experience is, is definitely going to be over. LeBron's going to take over as point guard. Let's see if they can start getting some wins because something needs to change. And I think I'd be concerned long-term about the Lakers' reliance on Anthony Davis needing to put up 40 points and 10 rebounds. Like, that's not going to be sustainable. So I think they're just looking for answers wherever they can find them at this point. And Austin Reeves is probably looking good right now. His minutes are safe. Um, I don't know that I would pick up Jared Vanderbilt or Cam Reddish right now. I think the real person that you could add and stream right now is probably Torian Prince. His minutes are solid. He's providing a nice boost for threes, steals, uh, low-end rebounds, but he's definitely scoring. So I think he's become a trusted member of that rotation. But D'Lo, I'm worried. Yeah, certainly worried. I, you know, if uh, you mentioned maybe Chicago Bull, if Levine ends up there, um, that sounds like the Lonzo Ball experience all over again. It's about the closest thing you can get to Lonzo Ball from two, three seasons ago is uh, D'Angelo Russell. Raphael, what do you make of the uh, the Lakers? Oh, no. Your eyes got big. Uh, <laughs> Lonzo got better you... than D'Lo. That's, yeah, that's, Chicago that's, that's borderline slander, man. <laughs> Lonzo hasn't touched a court in, what, two and a half years? I, I get the injury factor, but he's a lot more willing to share the basketball and not take my turn shots than D'Lo. Yeah. So that, that's why my eyes D'Lo, the rhythm wide. killer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why my eyes got a bit wide there. But I think in the short term, I don't believe that this starting five is the final form that the Lakers are going to be able to go with because you now have two non-shooters in the starting five between Vanderbilt yeah. and Radish. Um, yeah. I, In my opinion, Austin Reeves needs to be a starter. I'm not sure which one of those two he replaces, but he needs to be a starter because he's an effective shooter. He's shown the ability to play off of LeBron as well as make plays for for other people off the bounce himself. So his minutes have held steady, like Dan said. I think you're fine there, but I really would like to see him moving to the starting lineup because both teams have struggled. That reached the uh, in-season tournament final. They've struggled mightily since then. I don't know if that's the reason why, but they they both have some rotation concerns to address that they're attempting to address. But I think for the Lakers – Barring what happens at the trade deadline, they really need to make – I think they really need to move Reeves into starting five because look how deep the West is. You can go from like fourth or fifth all the way to out of the play-in spots in a couple of weeks. So I really think given their struggles, they have to entertain that idea uh, pretty soon here. Are you dropping Russell? Um, in shallow leagues, yes. You know, standards I would probably hold on for a little bit while longer to see what happens there. I don't know if you can get much in a trade. Probably, you're probably looking at like a late round return. But even that, if it's someone that you know can get consistently get 25, 28 minutes per game, I think you have to entertain that possibility as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to mention too, about Cam Reddish. I thought he was going to be a little more consistent of a shooter for the Lakers uh, this season. But from deep, he's one of seven in his last eight, and he's four of 19 in his last – uh, 23 three-pointers. So, yeah, I don't I don't really like uh, that number for them either in that offensive matchup. But a guy that can get his own buckets is Luka Doncic. 
Uh, as Dan mentioned, dropped 50 points on Christmas, near triple double. And uh, Rafael, my last statement might have been wild, but is this one wild <laughs> that the Mavericks own the Suns? No. Uh, they, it just seems like they didn't they didn't take their heart this time around like they did in that game seven, but they had no answers. Like I felt like they were going to have a chance to win it. They pulled within like four, I think, and they just didn't seem up to it. Outside of Chimezi Metu, no, that was just that man had the game of his. He had the game of his life, and you know Booker and Durant struggled. Durant. I don't buy into these social media rumors about him being disengaged and wanting out, but I don't know. It, this goes beyond Bradley Beal being hurt and the other injuries. Um, they're in serious trouble. I think we discussed this last week even. They're in trouble in terms of their rotation because they really haven't found any concrete answers at the three or the four. Yusuf Nurkic coming back will help, but – he only missed two games, you know, that that wasn't the issue here. So they've got a lot more problems there because besides Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon, there hasn't been much consistency amongst that supporting cast right now. And that's someone else. That's another team's going to have to make some moves around a trade deadline. But given all that they've given up in terms of draft capital and assets, <laughs> they got nothing. <laughs> what, yeah, exactly. Like, what are you going to do besides, you know, search the buyout bin once the trade deadline passes? Yeah, no, I'm I'm in full agreement here. It's it's at a point where it's going to become desperation. It seems like they lack leadership, whether it's a vocal leader on their team. Uh, you know, Chris Paul was probably that for a long time. I imagine he would have been, and uh, you know that probably gets passed off to Devin Booker. Kevin Durant doesn't seem like the type that would be like that in the locker room as much. But you always look for a role player to sub too. And you know, if you caught that during the Christmas game, Devin Booker yelling at a teammate. You're going to turn the ball over and knock it back and play defense? Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> it's to the point now where you're putting people mm -hmm. on blast and you're mic'd up. Mm -hmm. uh, so <laughs> it's getting bad in Phoenix. Dan, thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great point that you made that they're lacking leadership because wherever Kevin Durant's been, he's never really been that vocal rah-rah kind of guy to kind of, you know, raise that expectation, that level him. of play. And, and I, don't, I don't think he's ever really – I don't know. He's a he's a mercenary. Like he's a great all time scorer, but like I don't think he makes players better. And I think Devin Booker still still trying to figure that out as he's kind of been forced into a point guard role because in the beginning of the season it was supposed to be Bradley Beal primarily being the ball handler, and without him, Bradley, Bradley Beal's not saving this team. So I, I just don't know where they go at this point. This is the most concerning team in the Western Conference right now, and like mm -hmm. we know, Devin, Kevin Durant can get a bucket, Booker can too. But you shouldn't have to rely on Grayson Allen to keep you into that game. He's supposed to be a role player. Like this yeah. guy was a, supposed to be a six man type dude. And I think that they've been getting above expectation performance from Eric Gordon. Like, did we expect Eric Gordon to be a top 100 player at all this season? Like, so I feel like the rest of the supporting cast has done their job. It's just they, they, they don't have anything left. Like, if Durant's yeah. taking 11 shots in a game, you're going to lose. So. I'm concerned. Dallas definitely owns them at this point. Um, I'm actually more encouraged about what Luca's doing because it seems like I was talking about on a podcast with Jake Fisher yesterday. It seems like Luca's having fun. And I, I think mm -hmm. 
in different spurts of his career, it seemed like he was a little bit frustrated playing with Chris Epps Porzingis, and he never really had that one B to really kind of flourish off of. I don't think he really needs it right now. He's making Dante Exum look good. He's making Derek Jones Jr. look good. And Derek Lively moving up the rookie ladder. I mean, the two-man game that they've just developed now, he had a double-double, 16 and 10 points and like four blocks. I mean, I think at this point, Luca raises the floor for his teammates, and I think it's going to be a great time to like get into the the Mavs market, especially when Kyrie gets back. Like they're going to be yeah. a nice team in the playoffs. So, yeah, worried about Phoenix. Dallas looks like they're in a good spot right now, and they're winning games without mm-hmm. all of their top players. They're not making excuses. Like Phoenix is just a hot mess. If I asked you in Christmas of twenty twenty two, would we see Dante Exum in the same Instagram post on Luka Doncic's page? Right uh, on Christmas, would you have said yes? <laughs> no, you wouldn't have. But yeah, he's yeah. making his teammates better. Uh, what, yeah. Raphael, what can we expect uh, with Kyrie Irving when he comes back? Uh, do, does Exum well, and these other guys flourish? Well, Jason Kidd revealed this the projected starting lineup when Kyrie returns before that game in Phoenix. Luca, Kyrie, uh, Dante Exum starts. Derek Jones Jr. would start, and then Derek Lively the second at center. Um, if you had your Grant Williams shares, the few of you still do, time to drop him. Um, I think he was already <laughs> at that point. But, yeah, we don't know exactly when Kyrie will return, but Grant hasn't been – I think for me personally, when I drafted him late rounds, I was expecting some three-point production, you know, maybe you know, steal per game or something like that, and it really hasn't happened. So I think at this point, you can bid farewell to him. Derek Jones Jr., if he's hovering around there, I'd pick him up because he's shooting like 40% from three. And the man has never been this good from three in his career. I think him about like four four attempts per game. Um, you add his ability as a finisher, being able to play off of Luka and then eventually Kyrie as well. That's someone you want to grab. I think I would go for him before I would go for Exum, even though Exum has been playing good basketball of late. Anything to add, Dan? Um, no, I, I think that they're they're both guys that you need to add right now. And I'd say, like, mm-hmm. to even Tim Hardaway Jr., you know, is yeah. playing his way into sixth man of the year. I think he's worthy of being rostered in 12-team mm-hmm. leagues, too, for how he's playing. And fun fact, didn't know that he leads the league in charges, charges drawn. Yeah, like, he does. So yeah. weird. And he was even top 10 last year. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I think that uh, – this team is is surprisingly built really well and structured really well to to actually win and make a run for it here. So I, I it's it's just so weird how in fantasy basketball now that Dante Exum and Derek Jones Jr. are guys that we're talking about like <laughs> holding on to for the foreseeable future. It's crazy. Yeah, th- things can change in the blink of an eye. Uh, if you guys didn't see Andre Drummond just dropped twenty twenty the other day. I'm sure we're going to get to him. We'll we'll get to that. Oh, okay. Okay. So so I can't wait for two weeks when he's back to zero points and three rebounds. But, yeah, we'll enjoy it now. Uh, A couple of teams to talk about. Uh, Before we talk Pacers and Jazz and their rotations, I want to head to San Antonio with you guys. All right, Rafael, I want to kick it to you because uh, San Antonio, not as bad as Detroit, their situation, of course. They put Keldon Johnson on the bench. Uh, two games off the bench now, 21 points per game, four and a half rebounds, two and a half assists. Pretty impressive. Wemby also came back from a sprained ankle, uh, 15 points, seven rebounds, five blocks, four assists in just 24 minutes. Did a little bit of everything. Um, what do you like about San Antonio and what are you looking on the waiver wire? Um, Keldon Johnson has been one of the biggest fantasy surprises 
in the league thus far for me. Um, he's someone that you would think like top 125, top 150 in that range. He's been close to like a top 50 player this year. And I don't think anyone expected that from him. Um, the bench rule, I don't believe that's going to hurt him too much uh, just because getting away from Wemby and Vassell for as many minutes as they all shared the court uh, when they were all starters maybe gives him a little more time to serve as that primary score because you aren't going to get too much in the way of defensive production from him. So you really need the, the scoring and the percentages to be up to par. Um, he's averaging 0.9 steals, which isn't terrible, but I don't see him as a player who's going to push that into one steal per game. So I think the way that he's playing right now, six-man role could be effective for him. Um, Wemby upcoming back-to-back, he's not going to play one of those two. They haven't said which one yet, but I don't know. I, I think you're going to get good value from him. It's just that how much are the Spurs going to play around with his minutes and availability once it becomes obvious that they have no chance of being a play-in tournament team? Uh, which we're probably at that point already, but you know what I'm saying. Like trade deadline, that's when these decisions really get made. Yeah, and uh, just double but piggyback off of that point too, just makes the Chet Holmgren rookie of the year case even stronger down the stretch because you know the Thunder mm-hmm. going to be in position. Yeah. Uh, so, Dan, what would you like to add about the San Antonio Spurs? Um, I'm not as high on Keldon Johnson as Raph is. I, I mean, I feel like he's playing – well above expectation in terms yeah. of fantasy like he's a top 100 player but he's not uh he's not top 50 yeah um, i misspoke on that he he was like top i think there was yeah, like a, a period of time where he was there but yeah i don't yeah i apologize for that that was that was <laughs> so uh, let me ask you this i, just, I, I, I had to say that <laughs> uh buy low sell high option here kellen johnson sell high. could be in that sell conversation high. sell high yeah um because like I feel like he's one of those guys with the San Antonio Spurs not really going anywhere. He's probably going to be a, a trade candidate at some point. I don't know where he's going to go necessarily, whether that means a contender or whatever. But um, I mean, his his numbers are fine. I think it's more so about like he's assisting more than he has in the past. Um, so he's up to like almost four assists a game. He still doesn't do anything for you stock wise. Um, he's still under a steal per game and barely blocks anything. And his field goal percentage is pretty much where it was last year, he's scoring less. So that's probably the Wemby effect. And if he's not giving me 20 points, um, I don't know. I know that I'm that interested in him. So I would probably take this time as he's playing well, sell high, get what you can. I don't think that just with the name alone, I don't know how much you're going to really get from him, but you might be able to get you know a top 80 player, top 70. I'd be, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Any disagreements from that, Raphael? You agree sell high? No, I'm fine with that. I think what I would add is that the unpredictable way in which you're handling Wimbanyama's minutes kind of leaves you in a tough spot with Zach Collins. Um, I think he's someone when when he moves to the bench, it's like automatic drop. But now it's like, all right, bad luck with spraining the ankle, stepping on the ball boy's foot. Now we don't know if he's probably not going to play both ends his upcoming back to back. Collins going to be in that yo-yo role, and it's like. What do you do? You just give up or do you hold on to him? Because obviously the way that waivers work, you can't drop him and pick him up the next night because he's not going to mm-hmm. be eligible. So I think that's the, the unfortunate part of this from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, I'm holding him for now, mainly just mm-hmm. because like the Wemby insurance, but yeah. talk to me in three days and he puts up, 
you know, six points, four rebounds again, and mm-hmm. he'll probably be on the waiver. <laughs> um, but to that, I, I, there's another player of the Spurs that I think is is starting to pique my interest, and I see his roster ships up by 5%. It's Jeremy Sohan, and I'm wondering, is it time to give him a shot again? Like, he's been putting up, you know, some pretty decent numbers. He's been hitting his threes the last couple of games. Um, playing more efficiently. I just don't know, you know, he's been as frustrating as any other player on the Spurs, right? Like Trey Jones Mm -hmm. has had moments and then he drops to nothing. Is this this a situation you're going to probably want to avoid or are you going to hop on why he's hot right now? You don't believe you you need more people. Yeah, I, I like Jeremy Sohan. Like, I'm a I'm a big Baylor Bears supporter in college yeah. basketball, and I thought he's a perfect fit for that system. Rebounds, assists, he can get to the rack. But yeah, Dan, you know that he's hitting his threes lately. Uh, the yeah. last two games, it's a very small sample size. Went three of four and four of six from three. Uh, but before that, I mean, the dude was shooting like 25, 26% on the month. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll have to monitor that. You said piques my interest. I agree. It's peaking. Uh, yeah. We'll see if it yeah, we'll see. It's like a stock. It's going to go back down probably. Uh, Raphael, let's list. talk. What'd you say? I'd like watch, watch list. list yeah. Watch list them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, uh, 13.7 boards, four assists. I mean, that's not bad I, over his last five, 30 minutes per game. I'm just saying, I, it's not. I, I, it's, I worth feel a, you. it's worth a back end depth. Yeah, man. Come on. <laughs> I need to see a bit more, especially if you cite the three point shooting. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he uh he was nine of twenty-six from the field for uh twenty-three yeah. total points in three games before the last yeah. two. So we want to see more. Uh but how about the Indiana Pace of the Utah Jazz? They got some interesting things happening the rotations, maybe not as interesting teams, gentlemen. We can all mm-hmm. agree on that. Uh the Pacers got Smith and Neesmith in, Hilden Toppin to the bench. Uh Dan, what do you make of this situation here? Anyone worth picking up? Um, I think Neesmith is probably worth a look. Um, probably only deep leagues at this point, though, because I, I, he doesn't really do. He's kind of inconsistent, too. Like sometimes he'll rebound, have like a low end double double type potential, but then other times he'll just kind of disappear. I think that's just the frustration you have dealing with Rick Carlisle and these fluctuating rotations. So a um, little bit concerned about Buddy Heald, though. Like it's that's mm-hmm. definitely not a good look that he's being sent to the bench again. Ben Matherin, same thing. Um, so I, I just at this point, if Andrew Nemhard and Nate Smith are going to be starting along with Jalen Smith, I actually as gross as it sounds like I feel like if Jalen Smith can hold it, I feel like he probably offers the best fantasy outlook just because of what he can do from rebounding blocks as well as making threes like he's he's a pretty good shooter for his size when given minutes. So if he's getting the minutes now. I'd be interested in him in a deeper, you know, 12 to 14 league team, uh, team league, but not buying into Nemhard and Neesmith is like a wait. And I, I put Neesmith on the watch list, but I'd probably add Jalen Smith in a deeper league. Rafael, are you a Buddy Hill's agent? Because him going to the bench, he's getting ready for that trade deadline. Your phone just rang there. So what's going yeah. on? No. <laughs> Sam's on the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We got any yeah, breaking news? Getting them moved. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I think another name to watch would be Isaiah Jackson. Um, because if you're starting Smith next like to Miles Turner, that frees up more minutes for Isaiah as that backup center. He played 20 minutes on Tuesday. And I think if he's someone that if he can get to 20 minutes, 
the field goal percentage and blocks potential makes him worth a look, especially in deep leagues. So I think that's someone that I would keep an eye on these next few games, um, especially if the Pacers can defend a little bit better. I thought they did a good job against Houston. I think Houston was like five for 24 from three or something like that mm-hmm. on Tuesday. So if they can defend at a better level, which is the big reason why these changes were made, Isaiah Jackson may be back on the fantasy radar. I was pretty surprised the Pacers won that game, uh, to be honest with you. thought the Rockets had that one in the bag at certain points. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, very, very intriguing things happening in Indiana here. Uh, Dan, anything worth adding before we talk about Jordan Clarkson in the Utah rotation? You ready? Uh, no, we can one? move. Let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's just talk about the Jazz, man, because I feel like the Jazz – or another team, I was listening to Mark Stein's podcast, and it sounds like, you know, Danny Ainge was had different expectations coming into the season, and now that their mm-hmm. team is awful, um, they could be sellers at the at the trade deadline. So I think it's going to be. be a really interesting team to monitor here, and there's probably some stashing appeal on players like, you know, Chris Dunn. Um, I mean, maybe even the rookies start getting on on the watch list here. You know, the, the Taylor Hendrickses of the world. Um Jordan Clarkson, you know, he's probably rostered in most leagues. So, like, I think, you know, you got to ride the heater. Even though he's coming off the bench, he's playing well. Um, Keontae George came back. So, I think that's another player that I would definitely be monitoring for the long term um, if the Utah Jazz become sellers. Um, but the, it's really the front court to me that's that's a bit frustrating. And it's really John Collins now. Like, he came over from Atlanta expecting to get like a new opportunity. He played really well for the first two months of the season. And now he's kind of back to this, like, is he into it? He's not really playing Mm -hmm. consistent. Um, I have him in a couple spots and I'm like trying to offload him, but he's playing so bad. Like there's no trade market for him right now. So I probably missed that window. Um, But I I just want to know, get your thoughts on your guys thoughts on that. Like what is Utah going to do? I don't think they're going to trade Lori Markinen. Like I think it's going to take a King's ransom for that. Yeah. But everybody else to me seems kind of expendable outside of Keontae George and some of the young guys. But, you know, what, what are your guys' thoughts? I feel like Kelly Olenek is going to be a name to watch um, yeah. in this time for the trade deadline for sure. Um, we see some of these teams with a dire need for help at center because of injuries. Um, he's someone that could be on the market that I think would probably be on the market given how they performed and I don't think they're going to be anywhere near play-in tournament spot. So he's one name I'd watch. I don't know if he'd be able to move Clarkson. And the thing about the other guards is that while they've had, they've certainly played well, especially like a Colin Sexton, I don't know if they'd be able to move them for good value in return. So I think I'm with Dan in terms of the frustration of the front court because Taylor Hendricks was playing well. Not everybody's back. He only played two minutes on Tuesday. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I know you got a lottery pick. You're going to have to free up time for him at some point. So I think if I'm looking at anywhere on that rotation, I think at least one of the bigs is going to be out of there by the trade deadline just to make sure they can get him more minutes. Um, Because a a guard, the guards, oh man, besides Keontae George, what can you really get from those guys, you know, trade wise? Yeah. yeah. And now Taylor Horton Tucker is out of the rotation. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So His gone. I don't know if anything, I would expect them to like be auditioning those guys, you know, more mm-hmm. and then like Keontae rock later, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that. Will Hardy situation, how he's trying to, I don't know. He's pulling these Monty Williams type of rotational uh, tricks here, man. It's, 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 it's worse. I, I can't, it's, it's, 
so frustrating. They they have won the last three games though. Utah for the last yeah, five. So mm-hmm. they're starting to figure something out a little bit at least. I mean, Larry Markin had come back has helped, but yeah. they reports early in the season four or five first round picks uh, for Larry Markin. Nah, that's that's not happening. I, I'll agree with Raphael here. Kelly Olynyk probably seems like the best trade option. Chris Dunn's probably the second best in terms of a contender. John Collins. Who knows what's going to happen with this guy? Uh, mm-hmm. Strikes me as a guy that needs to be on a winning team to really be invested in playing on a nightly basis. Uh, what do you, we'll what do you guys feel as a, a Linux possibly going to like the Lakers? I feel like that's like a good fit behind AD, right? Like a versatile mm-hmm. guy that can shoot, stretch the floor, but also yeah. play defense, kind of scrappy, high IQ okay. guy. Yeah, he'll play hard. Yeah, he's no Shane Battier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he, he's no Shane Battier. He's going to play like that Shane no. Battier-esque role mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. with LeBron when he was in Miami. Um, yeah, I like that. Raphael, you too? Yeah, but I just wonder. I think that feels like a third team, like a three-team deal, because I don't know if Utah would be interested in like a Christian Wood or Jackson Hayes, and that's pretty much <laughs> – yeah. The Lakers need to get those dudes up out of there too. You don't trade Vando back to Utah. Like that's fine. Yeah. No, that's not happening. No. He's not agreeing like to they, that. They actually need him. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is true. They need him too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. Uh you guys know what the people need though? People need the rudder. They need a promo. Cards. Yeah, yeah, they need a promo because uh, it's time to move along. Uh, this holiday season, it's the fantasy fan in your life, like Raphael. Sluice of Rotorel Draft Guide bundle featuring expert analytics, player insights, and season-long tools, baby. Get all three of the draft guides for one low price. Go to NBCSports.com backslash holiday bundle and use code HOLIDAY23 at checkout to receive 25% off in a $10 Fanatics gift card. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Uh, let's talk about some some weird injury news because this is the subject we're on now is injury. Everybody, we got to talk about mm-hmm. the Hornets. We got to talk about the Grizzlies and why John Morant's the MVP right now. All jokes aside, uh, and then we also got to talk about Aaron Gordon getting bit by a dog. Upwards of twenty stitches. Weird situation. Rafael, how does that affect his team's lineup right now? Uh, well, as we've seen in the past, when he's been out, Justin Holiday has moved into the starting lineup. So. I believe that's going to be the case for the foreseeable future. Outside of three-pointers and steals, I don't really know if you can rely on Holiday for too much in a way of fantasy production. But it may be worth the roll of the dice in deep leagues. It feels like they're still waiting for Peyton Watson and Christian Brown to truly step up and be consistent options. I don't know if either of them would be you know, in contention to start as opposed to staying in their current role. So... I think Justin Holiday is a spot starter, deep leagues, but even then, I don't know if he's a must-add by any stretch. Yeah, wouldn't categorize him as a must-add. Dan, how about you? What are you looking at? Um, Peyton Watson's always been intriguing to me because he just offers so much defensively 
And the times that I've seen him play, like I, I feel like he's like one of those glue guys where he just makes the right cuts. He makes the right uh, basketball decisions. Um, but I'm with Raph in regards to I don't know that they're ready to just thrust him into a starting role yet. I think Justin Holiday makes sense. Zeke Naji has also gotten minutes, you know, in the rotation in these spots. So um, I don't know that there's an immediate ad here. I feel like this is going to be a committee situation that Mike Malone's going to have to like work through. Um, I am curious though of the timeline of Aaron Gordon's injury because it's like so obscure, like, and not that many details have really come out about it. Like, so I don't know. Hopefully he gets better soon. I got him on a couple spots on my fantasy team. So um, selfishly, I would like to see a, a quicker return than than most. But um, yeah, just hope that he's all right. Sounds like that's a pretty mm-hmm. vicious. I don't know. I've never been bitten by a dog, but getting in the face sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was in the face too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Face in his face yeah. in his shooting hand. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I saw the hand there. I didn't see the face though. That is. Wow. Yeah. That's definitely gotta be painful. Uh, so yeah. I hope Aaron Gordon recovers quickly uh, there. And uh, Peyton Watson definitely intriguing option, like you said, Dan, because he scored ten or more points in four straight until the past three. So let's see if he gets a couple more minutes here and gets back to that ten plus points per game average he's putting up. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, my guy on the Bulls, missed his first game in almost two years. Uh, so what are we going to be doing with the Chicago rotation, Dan? I'll start with you and uh, Kobe White. His uh, roster ship has to be above like seventy percent now. Am I right? Oh yeah, Kobe's Kobe, Kobe's uh, rest of season. Like, keep him around, mm-hmm. trade for him. I, I can't implore you enough to do whatever you need to do to get shares of Kobe White. He's playing the best pass of his life. The, the further this Zach Levine thing goes, you know, the Bulls are nine and five without Levine. So I think it's pretty clear that we can win with Kobe White running the show. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm a Kobe White stand. Definitely all in on him. Um, going back to Vooch, looks like he's going to be missing seven to ten days with a groin injury. So it's Andre Drummond season, y'all. I know you're ready for it. Coming off a 2020 <laughs> game, I know this is what we want to see. But um, I mean, I think there's at least streaming appeal for the next, you know, give or give or take three games um, over the next week. So yeah, go get Andre Drummond if he's sitting out on waivers. Definitely going to be good for rebounds, field goal percentage. Probably get some stocks in there too. I think he had five last night on Tuesday. So um, yeah, Andre Drummond's definitely that the ad here, and then also. I would say Patrick Williams, he's so inconsistent, but like he has these runs where as long as Levine is out, I think I've said it here before, like he plays pretty well. Yeah. I would I would keep him I'd keep him on a watch list on like some deep, you know, 12, 14 team league stash type stuff because he still does things that are relevant for fantasy. He's good defensively, shoots threes, not a heavy rebounder, but can still, you know, put in work there. So um, if Vooch is out, I still feel like he's still probably going to get some of that production when Vooch is out. So just keep an eye on him as well. Yeah, definitely like the Paul. Um, I'm a big fan of him as all around game. I think he's only going to get better in Chicago. And yeah, Kobe White, super impressive right now. If anything, Raphael, I think it's shown that Chicago now could probably keep DeMar DeRozan around a little bit longer if they if they like to, because he fits in with them still, and they can try and get as much as possible back for Zach Levine and try and salvage a season and make a playoff run. Uh, that's what I'm getting as a Bulls fan from them. Do I believe this will happen? Not at all. Uh, what do you make about the rotation? I think the issue is that DeRozan has an easier contract to move than Levine. Like, Levine still has four yeah, years I left agree. in his current deal, so... 
he, they, you know, we can have all the leaks that we want about wanting to go to the Lakers, but how? how? You know, it's like that. <laughs> D- D-Lo's <laughs> that, contract's eh, close, it, but not if, like, if, quite enough. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, when, when he, I get that, but when you do that, you, you risk stunting what we've seen from Kobe White. And I don't think the Bulls would want that, especially given the deal that they gave him, you know, last summer. But I think if anything, I think Drummond and I, I'm a bit more, I'm a bit higher on Patrick Williams and Dan is uh, just because having a second uh, primary scoring option off the court and help him a bit more, I think. Um, obviously, not having Vooch does hurt Chicago, but Drummond can, is suitable there in that role. Um, I think Williams can be a little bit more consistent without those guys out there just because he'll, I think he'll have a better idea of where his shots are coming from with this change for the time being. Mm-hmm. That's about it in terms of ads because I'm not adding Terry Taylor under any circumstance. Any, <laughs> I don't know how many, I can't recall how many minutes he played last night, but he's like a six foot five. What? He's not a center. That's for damn sure. But <laughs> yeah, he's going to be the back. He played eight minutes, um, four points and one rebound. Made both of his shots. So you give him that much, but there's no way that he they can play him as a backup center. Like he's that's almost as far fetched as as Tibbs saying that he could play Josh Hart at center at times. Like, no, it's not going to happen. So yeah, Drummond Williams, and that's pretty much it as far as ads with Vooch out. Bring Taj Gibson back to Chicago, baby. Make it happen. <laughs> See him getting that Christmas Day action. He's getting ready. Yeah. Uh, that was when you called that Raphael last week. <laughs> um, and a fun fact here dropped from our producer, and that Kobe White holds the record for most points in North Carolina high school basketball history, more than Chris mm-hmm. Paul, Michael Jordan, a couple of good guys. But, uh, yeah. yeah, Kobe White, definitely like him. I think he's going to – he could be a 20 points per game score if he gets the opportunity for the rest of the season, but will he? We'll I think, see. if I'm not mistaken, he broke the record held by one James on Curry. If you remember Oklahoma State guard. Yeah. In the early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. I think I believe he's the one who held the record. So, yeah. Kobe's a bucket. Kobe is a bucket, man. Yeah. And Jordan didn't get burned until, like, what, his junior year? So, I'm sure Kobe. Yeah, he, he made sure to tell us all that at his Hall of Fame speech too. <laughs> oh my god, I gotta watch that now after the show. Thank you, thank you for that. Are, are you a LeBron uh, guy, Raph? I'm I'm not, but we can talk about that once we get off the air. <laughs> I like that. All right, we'll stick uh, we'll stick in Jordan's Jordan's place here, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Gordon Hayward. Lamelo, Mark Williams, all these guys banged up. Charlotte's lost eight straight, ten of the past eleven. Dan, uh, what do we make of the situation? Is anyone to add on this dreadful team? Um, Nick Richards is probably the best one yeah. you could do, and I don't. He, I, to be honest with you, I've been a little bit disappointed in what he's provided thus far. Um, definitely not putting up Mark Williams numbers, so I'd be okay if you wanted to pass on him. He's 33% rostered right now, but he's put together at least two double doubles or three of the last four. Um, but, you know, I, I just – I don't know what's going on with Mark Williams. I'm still trying to figure out, like, whether this is going to be, like, one of those Markel Fult situations where mm-hmm. he's going to continue to be listed as questionable and then ruled doubtful and then eventually out every game. And they haven't really been too clear on, you know, when he's going to be coming back. So, 
Yeah, I guess you can continue to stream Nick Richards. Um, Gordon Hayward, I think that just benefits Brandon Miller. Um, so if he's in shallow leagues, if he's available, I would definitely scoop him up. Um, but most of that value is probably going to go to PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, you know, those guys. So, um, yeah, not, not, I think Nick Richards is probably the ad for me after saying all that. Um, and then look for, look around for Brandon Miller. If you, if you got a chance. Yeah. We've already beat the German Brandon Miller how many times. So yeah. more than likely the viewers should have, uh, Brandon Miller, Raphael, you agreeing with Richards and Miller though? Yeah, Miller missed the game against the Clippers, uh, so hopefully he'll be back in short order. Like the last time he sprained his ankle, it was a one-game absence, so I would expect him to be back. Um, thinking long-term, I would consider Nick Smith Jr. Um, he's played pretty well recently. He went off in the fourth quarter of that game against Denver on Saturday. You're not going to get much right now. Like, Let's be honest about the fantasy production, but I think he's someone that once you get the February, March, that point on they're going to want to see if they what they have in him even more than they have recently just because you basically burned a lottery pick on James Booknight like he's not even playing at all at this point so yeah he stinks I think you really want to avoid getting into that situation with another lottery guard um maybe even see how he works at the point because we've seen LaMelo these last these last couple seasons deal with injuries I don't know if Nick Nick Smith Jr. would be a point guard per se, but see what you have there in terms of another potential playmaker. So I don't even know if I would stash him right now, but I think he he's someone I would add to your deep league watch list just in case some things change with that rotation as the season wears on here. Say late January, Fe- early February, Raphael is probably silly yeah. season, right? Silly season. Uh, a little bit January. after that, you know, the, the yeah. after the trade deadline, but um. Yeah, I think they're not going anywhere, you know, so. Yeah, no, Charlotte's not going anywhere, that's (laughs) for sure. Uh, A team that is going somewhere, though, Memphis Grizzlies. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Morant back 4-0 in his return, baby. Let's go. Uh, 28.8 points per game, 8.5 assists, and 5.3 rebounds, doing a little bit of everything. Marcus Smart returned on Tuesday. Uh, Rafael, what are we making about the rotation quickly? Do you see anyone to pick up? Um. I don't think there's anyone to pick up just because those three guys, we talk about Morant, Smart, Desmond Bain, already going to be rostered. You know, I think you may want to check to make sure that Bismack Biombo isn't available. He's only at 7%, so he's someone that you can find. I don't think you're going to get too much in the way of production, but if you need rebounding in a pinch, he could be someone to look for. Um, but that's about it because I don't see Vince Williams Jr. being a factor now that he's coming off the bench again. Um, yeah. Santi Aldama, I kind of feel like the ship has sailed on him as well. Um, could yeah. be worth looking really deep leagues, but yeah, I don't think there's anyone that you're going to rush out to add right now. Dan, in agreement there? Yeah, I think now that Smart and Moran are back, whatever usage or production you were thinking you were going to get out of anyone else in the backcourt is certainly not there. And then, you know, in the front court, yeah, if you're in desperate need for Biombo. Sure, but I would rather go for someone like Andre Drummond if he's out there. Biombo wouldn't be my first choice, but yeah, at this point, I feel like the the Grizzlies have their main squad back. So, you know, if you waited it out for John Moran, congrats, man, he's been hooping. Hopefully, mm-hmm. he just stops with the silliness, the antics, um, baiting the NBA and Adam Silver. But um, yeah, man, I think that there's actually a chance, man. Uh, like looking at the standings, 
I know we we laughed you off the off the stage, Vaughn, about Ja potentially getting MVP. They're five games out on the play-in tournament right now. Who's to say that they can't uh, make it's, a little playoff run there if it gets crazy? No, oh, I'm, oh, I'm not going to even like get into this. That, yeah, I mean, that's a different conversation. Getting into the play-in is a different conversation than being an MVP <laughs> candidate. I don't I think, think man, they're in the dumpster. Put, this, this didn't, squad I know, was going but, nowhere. But didn't they didn't they add like the games played requirement too? I don't know how that works with suspensions, but he's not going to hit sixty five games. So uh, that's, that's a good point too. I mean, he only yeah, missed twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah but he yeah, only fifty seven max. So, true, 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 true. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm not. Hey, he's been outstanding. Yeah. You know. That player of the week award was definitely deserved, but I can't say the I can't put him in the MVP chatter, even if there wasn't like a games uh, requirement, games played requirement. Yeah, that's uh, an interesting point you make. I definitely thought value wise, obviously uh, John Morant's gonna be a a good play before he yeah. came back, but uh, he's not even offered um, at the sports books I'm looking right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think uh, Rafael just made a good point. He can't even win the award technically. Um, I'm sure they were taking money on him up until that point, until he started playing, because that's what they do. But that's a different too. conversation. <laughs> I, I wouldn't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's another conversation for another day. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. On the other side of this break, we got buy low, sell high options, talking Jalen Green, Dylan Brooks, and a couple other guys. And then we'll also get to our remainder of the Week 10 schedule. Week 10, 10 weeks in the NBA already, guys, man. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun, and that's what we're doing here on this show. Uh, I think so. That's what Dan says, at least. Raphael, I can't tell yet. All right. Find another way to celebrate the holiday season by being a part of the Premier League festive fixtures. We're in the midst of a 13-day stretch, 29 matches on NBC, USA, and Peacock. So make sure to check out all the thrilling moments from creative set pieces to scorching shots and amazing saves. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And uh, I'm in the soccer mood. I got the hat on. Couldn't name you one player, but I'm in the mood to watch some soccer. How did you even cop a Juventus hat if you don't even yeah. know? Uh, well, uh, on uh, every, every Saturday, now it's been Fridays for the most part, college football show on the NBC Sports mm-hmm. YouTube channel. My guy, Brad Thomas, uh, asked me, who's your favorite NBA team? I said, Chicago Bulls. And then like three, four days later, I have a Juventus hat in the mail. And it says, Merry Christmas, <laughs> brother. Love you. And I was like, wow, the Bulls must really suck. Uh, so, uh, yeah, um, I like it, though. Black and white rocks with the outfit. So uh, I appreciate my guy, Brad. Love him. I love working with him. Love working with you guys, too. Uh, and you guys make me money in fantasy. Hopefully we'll see what happens in the season. So the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed. Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I don't have Jalen Green in any leagues, Raphael. If I did, should I be dropping him or trading him? See, you can't trade him at this point. Like if, no if you find if you find a willing sucker to do it, go ahead and do it. A sucker. But, <laughs> am I lying? He's being honest. Like, <laughs> dude, like 
I think the biggest concern, you know, beyond the inefficiency is that Ime Udoka seems about done with it all. Like his minutes have decreased by the game. He only played 20 minutes on Tuesday. It's quite clear that he trusts Aaron Holiday more than Jalen Green. Um, I don't know if this will lead to him being pulled from a starting lineup at a certain point, but poor shooting doesn't offer much defensively. Good luck getting a return on him. They, bro, man. Like, I don't even know how you'd like formulate a trade offer where you're trying to move Jalen Green. Be like the dude trying to give away double cheeseburgers and menace to society. Like, okay. <laughs> like I'm I'm good on that. Like, I'm sorry, man. That, that's how bad it has been. Like, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Jalen Green trade situation probably sounds like you missed picking up Andre Drummond. You're like, man, I just got to get rid of this guy. And you trade yeah. for Andre He's Drummond. Burgers, that's, that's, that's literally what you're doing. You're dropping Jalen yeah. Green for Andre Drummond right now. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the move you're making. That's how bad yeah. it is for him. Five straight games. He's went down in minutes, like uh, Raphael said. So, Dan, I mean, you're obviously in agreement with that, it sounds like. Yeah, I just dropped him in a 12-team league. I didn't feel great about it, but then I looked at the numbers and like if you just watch them play, his role in that offense was to make shots and he's just not Mm -hmm. making anything. And his handle hasn't really improved that much. Like he only has one speed getting to the rim. He's very defendable. And at this point, if you're not going to do anything outside of that, like hustle plays, you know, locking in on defense, you're going to get benched. And to be benched for Aaron Holiday, I think is pretty telling. And it's not a disrespect to Aaron Holiday because he's playing very well. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it is uh it's an aha moment for the Rockets to be like, I think we messed up with this pick. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I'm looking at Cam Whitmore cooking in G League. Um, I'm like, give him a shot at this point yeah. if you want, you know, another guy to come in there and do something different. And Dylan Brooks left the game with an injury. It doesn't look to be long term, but um I'd be concerned if I have Jalen Green. I, w- I would drop him right now, let somebody else deal with it. If he writes the ship and all of a sudden starts hitting shots, then, oh, well, you know, that's fantasy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you're not really missing out on that much because he really is only there to score. And if he's not doing that, he's not doing anything for you. So move on. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and there should be no offense taken, Dan, to what you said because Jalen Green is a 21-year-old in the second year of a rebuilding team getting the minutes needed to get better. Whereas Aaron yeah. Holiday in his fifth on his fifth team in the last five years at yeah. twenty seven, uh, you very should good point. be able to yeah, trust I factor, mean, right? Yeah, exa- exactly. He trusts him more. He trusts Holiday more than Green at this point. Um, how about Dylan Brooks injured during the Tuesday loss? Tari Eason time, Raphael? Huh? Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> oh, no, the like on- yeah, the, the <laughs> only issue is that he's been dealing with a lower leg injury. Uh, for quite some time now, and he is questionable for tonight's game, uh, Wednesday night's game, I should say, against the Suns. So that would be the one thing you're worried about in terms of, like, injury management days and whatnot. But when he's out there, the man's just a ball of energy. You know, we've seen him attack the boards as a rebounder, especially offensive rebounding, uh, can get you defensive stats. You know, every once in a while, if he gets enough putback attempts, the field goal percentage could suffer a little bit. But I think the positives outweigh the negatives here. Um, will he start if, you know, Brooks has to miss time? I think that's the one question. And I think Eason's availability comes into play there. But even if he continues to come off the bench, 
I'm all in on Tari Eason until we get Dylan Brooks back and maybe even after Brooks returns too. Yeah, Tari Eason is just a, an interesting prospect, you know, 6'8", like mm-hmm. 215, 220. Doesn't really look like a, a forward, can move a little bit like a guard. But when he was at LSU, I was a fan of him because he transferred there, been leading the team in points and rebounds. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know he's going to be able to fill in somewhere. So I, I like that. Uh, Dan, you feel the same way about Tari Eason? Yeah, I don't care that he's, he may miss tonight's game. He's a must-add for mm-hmm. me um, just for what he's been doing in the limited time that he has been getting minutes. I think this is a player that Ime Adoka can deploy to guard multiple positions, and he does a lot in terms of um, his hustle plays. Like, he makes winning plays, and I think that's the type of scrappiness you need in a in a – in a defense like this. So I feel like he's just earning his keep and mm-hmm. the more minutes he gets, as long as he's playing over 20 minutes, man, I'd feel good starting him. Um, he's pretty much like a, a forward version of Alex Caruso. Um, but just like, if he gets more minutes, he's going to be even better because he can get the the rebounds and the points as well. So yeah, start Tari Eason. I think right now he's, uh, what is he? He's 55% rostered, but you know, maybe that comes down a little bit if he doesn't play on Wednesday night. Maybe someone drops them in a panic, mm-hmm. scoop them up. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening too. Um, starting to heat up, man. It's 10 weeks into the season now. Uh, you got to win. Some people are from playing from behind. Um, if you have Derek White, you're probably not playing from behind. He's definitely been having some a great season so far. Uh, are we approaching a time where it's we should be looking to trade him, Rafael, especially with Porzingis back? Um, I'm – I'm ashamed to say that I have Derek White rostered. I am playing from behind in my league uh, right now. So, but yeah, he, he's been outstanding all year. Like, I don't know if he's going to maintain like top 25 value, but I think he's safe for top 50, to be honest with you. Given everything he brings defensively, he's an efficient offensive player. And being able to play off of the stars that they have in that rotation, I don't see much of a drop off coming. So, yeah, I would hold on to Derek White and just, you know, hopefully he can be a a, a key portion of a championship winning fantasy roster. I believe that probably fantasy championship winner and possibly NBA, NBA yeah. championship mm-hmm. winner. Derek yeah. White, put some respect on his name, Dan. <laughs> what you think? Um, so I'm in. I'll hold him. Hold on. No, I, I would hold him because, like, Derek White's one of these cheat codes in fantasy basketball where it's like there's not many guards that can do everything. And I'm talking offensively and defensively here. Yeah. And he's one of the best blocking guards in the league. So that alone makes him more valuable to me than the average guard. Yeah. Um, if I'm Raf, though, I would be looking to sell because I feel like you could probably give him to a contending team and probably get a substantial haul for him just given mm-hmm. how well he's playing right now. I just don't know what that market looks like and how much it would – you would have to make a really creative trade with probably a couple yeah. of assets to kind of you know give you that boost of you know jumping up the standings. But I'd be curious. That's a, a fun exercise. Like I would, I would actually mm-hmm. want to – I don't think any of the teams that I have that are that bad don't have a good player like that. So like, <laughs> I don't really have that situation, but um, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting thought exercise of like, how can I leverage the, the way this guy's playing and get a couple more assets to kind of, you know, boost that value. Yeah. You don't want to get in the habit either of trading too much because uh could ruin an yeah. entire team, which is something mm-hmm. I had to learn the hard way. Um, <laughs> but 
you know, we make mistakes and we learn from them. Uh, how about Bogdan Bogdanovich? Uh, DeAndre Hunter got an injury, Rafael. Is it time to hold on to Bogdan, sell high? Oh, that's a good question because it, Hunter's injury comes at the same time as Jalen Johnson's return, and, and Jalen's been a stud when healthy this year. Um, in terms of Bogdan, yeah, I think I would consider selling high, but I don't think it's something that I would be locked into doing. Like he's a top 50 player under normal circumstances. I'd probably want to hold on to someone like that, but he's shooting well above what we expected from him in a fantasy standpoint. So I think I can definitely see both arguments here. Um, Like Dan mentioned earlier, it kind of depends on where your team is. Like if your team's kind of scuffling and you have him, I'd be more inclined to consider trading him as opposed to a Derek White because you kind of thought you were going to get top 75 from White to begin with. Bogdanovich, 125, I think, before the season started. So I think I'd be more inclined to kind of move him if my team needs a boost right now. Yeah, Dan, do you agree with that? Would you be looking to move him? Um, I mean, he's just playing so well right now. Mm-hmm. I think I would certainly entertain it for – a more consistent player. Um, He's obviously having a career year here. He's shooting outstanding from three and is actually contributing into a couple other different categories, which I think he's really just been like a bench, you know, microwave bucket type of guy. So he's showing more this season, but I would be open to trading him for that exact reason just because he hasn't had sustained performance like this before. Um, That said, if you're in a contending team and, you know, you have them, I don't think there's any harm in keeping them either um, because I think with this rotation, especially with DeAndre Hunter going down, there's going to be a lot of reliance on Bogdanovich, on Sadiq Bey. Um, these guys are going to have a little bit longer staying power here. So I, I think it just the injury just helps everyone else around, to be honest. So um, if you have Sadiq Bey, I think he's around 55% rostered. I think you can hold on to him. People might have dropped him when Jalen Johnson came back. So just make sure you look out and see if he's out there because he's still going to play, you know, north of 30 minutes a night. Yeah, you basically know what you're getting out of Bogdan every single night. Um, and, yeah, he is shot above, shot above expectations, like Raphael said, but you expect him to be uh, a sharp shooter there. And, uh, you know, that something you were saying intrigued my interest because uh, to producer Dan, I sent him on Instagram clip last week i want to do with you guys next week if we can or a week after mm-hmm. that a white elephant gift exchange on the show live but we don't do real gifts though we do fantasy mm-hmm. uh and betting so like for example dan might get a joel Embiid mvp ticket wouldn't that be a sweet mm-hmm. gift to get for christmas <laughs> that would be a great uh, yeah let me get some of yeah. that yeah and rafael <laughs> might get this mac biombo on the waiver wire that's what he might get <laughs> yeah. uh, so you right. never know what you're gonna get but yeah, so, uh, you know, trying to do something fun for us. And I think uh, we might have to look into something like that here with some fantasy guys. So keep yeah. the mind rolling. And um, <laughs> on the other side of this little promo, we're going to do a remainder of the week 10 schedules back to back. Who's playing three games, who picks up. And it's the five minute warning for Raphael to get us out. Of here. <laughs> all right. Find all your favorite NBC sports shows on Amazon music. Just head to amazon.com backslash NBC sports. Find shows like the Roto World Basketball Show and all fantasy shows. All right. There's a couple teams that have three games. A lot of teams have two games. Only the Clippers play one game. So you'd probably be staying away from the L.A. Clippers this week in fantasy. Dan, where are we going, though, for ads this week? Um, One person that I'm intrigued by on the Spurs is Julian Champagny. And 
I'm debating whether this is like a this is probably a more of a watchless long term play because I think if Keldon Johnson moves on, Champagne showed a lot in the in the summer league that I think lends itself to be like okay this guy might have a a future here so that's someone that I'll be watching. He's been getting more minutes lately and he's been doing a lot with them so um, probably not a must add right now. Again, um, just someone that I'd be watching. In terms of ads though. Um, Kyle Kuzma is going to be could be missing tonight's game on Wednesday. I'd look at Bilal Koulibaly in case he does. Um, you know, obviously a short term streamer there. Um, they play three games the rest of the week. Also, the Brooklyn Nets have tons of injuries tonight. You know, they just got over their their heartbreaking win over the Detroit Pistons, and all of a sudden they need to rest their whole entire squad as a result. So Dayron Sharp, I think, gets some short-term appeal here. Yeah. He's been getting actually more minutes off the bench, and he's double-doubled a couple times in two of his last three. So at this point, I'm not worried. If I'm a Nick Claxton manager or owner, I wouldn't be too concerned about his long-term outlook. Like, Nick Claxton's a beast. But uh, I think Dayron Sharp is getting more minutes, so – He's been productive, so I would definitely give him a look. Um, let's see. The Brooklyn Nets also play three games, so that's nice. And um, uh, yeah, everybody else I feel like we probably already talked about a bunch um, in terms of people that have three – in terms of teams that have three games left. Um, maybe Lou Dort, you want to give a shout-out? No, actually, no, Josh Giddy came back, so never mind that. Yeah, I think that that pretty much covers everybody we've talked to, talked about in addition to um, the, the guys we talked about before. I wonder if we would have been talking about uh, Alec Burks on this show, if he would have banged that three against the Brooklyn Nets after Kate Cunningham scores like 10 straight points. Dude. Uh, Monty Williams. Yeah, Kate let's go to Alec half, Burks. Man. Game on the line. Uh, what do you, but, like that's the type of stuff where I'm like, bro, that's a fireable offense. I don't care if you lost 26 games <laughs> in a row. You can't just be taking out a guy that scored 37 points in the second half. Like, come on, what are you doing? Yeah, like, yeah, it's just disappointing stuff. Like, I really thought that we were going to come on this show today and be like, we told this you is this Detroit is the bet we made the bet. It was supposed to, the and, streak uh, was supposed to be over last night, man. We were I took we, them we against Jazz before Christmas and the Nets after Christmas. You know, I didn't put it out last night against the Nets, but you know, I threw some dollars on them and I'm watching the game and I'm like, these guys are going to lose. Halfway the second quarter, these guys are going to lose. Uh, <laughs> Raphael, you're disappointed, man. What's up? They're up five with eight minutes to go. And it's like, hey, let's show everybody why we've lost 26 games in a row. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, they've had, they've had it in the bag at times. They've literally yeah. had games no, in the bag. You, you never have anything in the bag when you're that bad. That's but it's true. like, d- just bad. don't shoot yourself in the foot. Like, that's all you have to do. Like, between decision-making by players and then Monty, I don't know what the hell he's doing. Bro, he got it. I got 80 mil. I can do what I want. Like, you can do Yeah, that's pretty much what he's saying. But at what cost? Like, but yeah, in terms of pickups, all right, go ahead. Did the Detroit Pistons win 10 games this year? I think they will. It'll be close, but Vegas has it nine and a half. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. This might be the worst team we've ever seen in our lives. Legit. Wow. Besides that, the Charlotte Bobcats team that has oh, the record man. for the lowest 
the lowest win percentage. But obviously, oh, that yeah, was a lockout that. season, so they didn't play the full 82. But bro, they're worse yeah. than their process Sixers. Like, that's crazy. That's so yeah. bad. I forgot about that Bobcats team. Seven wins and 59 losses, 10% percentage. Um, Man, sad to be in the same conversation as them, Detroit. Mm -hmm. All right, Raphael, we're not picking up anyone on Detroit. How about the other teams? Yeah. (laughs) I I know Grayson Allen's at 49% rostered, but I think at this point it's a good good opportunity to grab him. They've got three games to play the remainder of this week. So I'd say him – I'd have Lou Dort on my watch list because he's been shooting the ball quite well. I think what he's done to this point is sustainable. It's about 40, 41% from three on the season. Um, he's clearly worked on his shot. So I think he's someone I'd keep an eye on in standard leagues. Um, I'd certainly understand not wanting to make that leap right now because you want to see more, but I'd have him on watch list right now. Um, then, in Dallas, you know, kind of preparing for what that lineup's going to look like once Kyrie returns. So, as we said earlier, Derek Jones Jr., Dante Exum, three more games to play this week, too. So, there's an added bonus for for adding those guys to your rosters. Yeah, certainly a lot of names in Mavericks in Dallas to be playing and picking mm-hmm. up this week. Uh, a lot of great analysis there and overall in the show. Dan, anything you want to add before we peace out? Um, no, I think uh... – just want to reiterate picking up Torian Prince because the Lakers mm-hmm. play. Is it the three Lakers? Games. Yeah, they yeah, got three games. Yeah. yeah, and they're on the they're all in streamable days too. So mm-hmm. um yeah, pick up Torian Prince too if he's out there. All right. Rafael, you want to give everyone some happy holiday wishes before we get out of here? Um Maybe. yeah. Enjoy the final days of 2023. Yes, they were good to all of us, <laughs> as you <Yeah>. can tell. <laughs> uh, and uh, make sure you remember when uh, picking certain players up on New Year's Day, some of the guys may be having a good night out the night before, a la James Harden. Yeah. Where are the Clippers playing? Good Clippers point. are in L.A. They're playing Miami, but they're in L.A. See, if that was in Miami, yeah, oh, it's a wrap. Worry about. Yeah. Uh, so, we yeah. Taking money, definitely a Miami money line on that game for sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, make sure you guys are thinking about that type of stuff as well. And uh, thinking about us on next Wednesday when we come back here to give you guys more uh, breakdowns on who to pick up in fantasy and who to let go. It's Rafael Johnson of NBC Sports, Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports, and myself on Delzell of Yahoo Sports. Thank you for all you guys watching at home. Thank you, producer Adam, for holding us down as always. And uh, maybe next week we'll be exchanging some gifts. We'll see what happens, gentlemen. See you then. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.